This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. And then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Leave on, leave on is money. Yep. So when I was newly sober, right, I, was, I went to Vegas to see Elton live. And it was one of the first things I did not drunk. Yeah. And it was the first time I was like, I had a bl- like I had one of the best times I've ever had, and I wasn't drunk or partying, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I was like, "Oh, things are going to be okay." Welcome to Y Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives, with your hosts, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood secret weapon David Earl Waterman. This is Y Tune Shuffle. What's the secret? The secret is to work two jobs. <laughs> two full-time jobs, seven days a week for years Yes, with no days off. What were the two jobs? Okay, so I was, uh, well, I'm a retired police officer from Washington, D.C. And then, uh, so I came out here and I started doing celebrity bodyguard work because they all hire active and retired police because all you can carry a gun concealed nationwide. And they want somebody with some training, allegedly. So I worked for Michael Jackson. I worked for Hugh Hefner. I worked for a number of other clients. And then I was also a director of security for a company down in uh, Manhattan Beach, but when I first got out here, I was just, I was working three jobs. Mm-hmm. It was f***ing ridiculous. Do you need more jobs? I need some more. I need some more. <laughs> I feel, if I get more than five minutes to myself, I start to feel like I've got way too much time. You're panicking. On yeah. my hand. Like, I, I should be somewhere. Yeah. Is that true, though? I yeah, mean, kind of. Like, yeah. you, I'll wake up. Like, I'll have a day I can sleep. Yeah. And I'll wake up, and I'll be like, where, okay. And then I can't sleep. Well, I can't wait to talk about all of these things. Mm-hmm. This is the show, Why Tune Shuffle. My name is Maggie Mayfield, your host. And with me, as always, the ever-talented Hollywood secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. I'm right over here. I don't think you should be called secret weapon anymore. One of our Tune Squad members has called it out and said, it's no secret anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. Somebody, well, it's the coolest nickname. Maggie Mayfield, our glorious host and star of the show, <laughs> anointed me with this Hollywood secret weapon uh, nickname because I know a bunch of people who've not really helped me out in my career. But I do know, <laughs> I'm kidding. But he with likes the to name drop. Yeah, we'll get, I love we'll to name drop. It's amazing. But, uh, oh, okay. And eventually now you'll be able to name drop our guest today, yes. Chad Ridgely. Thank All you right. so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Maggie. You huge are... get, huge get. What? Huge get. Oh, get. I thought you said gut. I was like, that's rude and not true. <laughs> no, it's thin. Okay. I'm oh. very svelte. Yes. Retired police officer. You're retired police, yes. Former celebrity, how do you say that? Bodyguard? Is that a thing? Or like security? Yeah, I, I, it feels so weird saying yeah. bodyguard because I'm not Kevin Costner. Thank you. I mean, you know, he could be, but... I could, you know, he's not as handsome as he used to be, so I, I think I'd have a shot. Yeah, you know, they call them uh, executive protection details or protective details or mm-hmm. security details or whatever. But yeah. you're not from here originally, born and raised on the East Coast. I am born uh, and raised on the East Coast. I was born in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. and grew up out there. And the, I'm in, glad you don't live there now. In the burbs. Yeah, right? <laughs> the burbs. In the burbs. Would that be Georgetown? Well, no, Georgetown's still in the city. A lot of great bars in Georgetown, Good. but I uh, went to University of Maryland, so grew up on the Maryland side, side mm-hmm. there, because D.C. is a tiny little mm-hmm. city geographically. You've got D.C. and then Maryland on the east, Virginia on the west, and the Potomac River right there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful in the spring. We get about two weeks of nice weather in the spring. Cherry blossoms. The cherry blossom season, mm-hmm. and then you get about two weeks of nice weather in September, and then it goes right to freezing cold, and then in the summertime, it goes right to hot, humid, and muggy, and uh-huh. just miserable. Well, we both grew up on the East Coast. Oh, really? Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Ithaca, New York, born and raised. Okay, yeah, I've heard of heard of New York. Kind of similar deal, but uh, you are you were in a bedroom community in Maryland outside this. Uh, there's not apartment complexes behind the Lincoln Memorial, and there's not like a development near the White House. R- right, so no. So living in D.C., I mean, I see all the monuments. I see all the like political stuff. How far away from all that stuff did you live? Uh, maybe 12 miles. Oh, okay. You know, you're very close. Now, I grew up in New Jersey, and our field trips were always to D.C., so what were your field trips as a kid? The same. Where did you guys go? We'd go back to the the Air and Space Museum. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, we're going to Air and Space Museum again. Yeah, the Smithsonian. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can only look at the T-Rex skeleton so many times, and Uh then you can only go through. I mean, I did like the Air and Space Museum. You know, they're all free, but when you're a kid, you're not really aware of that, but... uh, so Chad grows up outside of D.C. 
How, yeah, where did uh, where did comedy? Because you have quite a few credits. You've got a movie that has just been released that you've written, produced, yes. starred yeah. in. So where did this creative process come from? Like, where do you remember? Did yes. you do stuff in high school? Yeah, the, I started doing the plays, of course, as a kid, the elementary school mm-hmm. plays, stuff like that. Look, Mom, I'm a tree. Yeah, I was a tree. <laughs> I'm a talking tree. Yeah. I was an angel, actually. I was an angel twice. Oh, uh, yeah. What was the show? Uh, I don't know, but I had to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. But it was a holiday thing. By it your, was by probably yeah. a... I can't remember. It was very traumatic. Um, <laughs> that's not on my list of songs. Yeah, you may okay. have noticed. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I was always doing that. There was a community library that had a production program for awesome. acting. So I did awesome. that and then the high school stuff. And college, I started... At Maryland, I was studying radio, television, and film, but uh, really, the, my first performing stuff, I was doing puppet shows behind the sofa for family, and even strangers, which is very awkward. <laughs> Did a lot of things for strangers, which was very, very bizarre. You know, I'd go selling car washes door to door to... You know, I think that was normal on the East Coast because we did the same thing. You want me to pick your weeds, mister? <laughs> Shovel yeah. your walk. Yeah, exactly. You know, I always thought, you know, it turned out that I was apparently, obviously, you know, my best customers were all the pedophiles. Well, there you, know, you go. I, was like, I, I thought it was weird that I would have to wash their car with my shirt off. <laughs> Who needs the dark web and you can go door to door? But hey, it was $2. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. $2. It's $2. So you, should, like, right you showed up and say, who wants a puppet show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Chad, that's, that's great. Cr- I would have done that beyond uh, shoveling and raking. Uh-huh. Those were my knock door You know, they're just, I didn't really have enough material at the time. Uh, <laughs> the car wash, actually, I felt better about. Oh, okay. That's um, a good hand. Because there's labor. like visible results. Yeah, and then it was easier to flee. You know, because you're generally outside doing the car wash. Yeah. Um, yeah come point. inside. I got another car in here that I need you to wash. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let me open the garage door. Wow. Okay. Let's yeah, you would just close the garage door and zip. Take, take your shirt off there, Chad. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> Chad! Wow. This is a great Saturday start. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what they used to tell me. Tell me about your first open mic. It was oh, the first time you did stand Oh, my God. I know we're skipping some chapters. Okay, but... so decades pass. Mm-hmm. Decades. <laughs> the horror of the puppet show. The horror of the puppet show has kind forgotten. of subsided. Mm-hmm. Although that's resurfacing right now. I'm having a bit of a flashback. <laughs> okay, so first open mic. Well, I, I did some stand-up at University of Maryland, and that was just kind of spontaneous. It was actually the first time we had, uh, when you're a new student at college, they had like these giant orientations yeah. where they have just got an auditorium full of like five, six hundred people. And they had a stage set up, and they had all of us in there just sitting there. And apparently there was an improv group that was going to come and perform. Oh, great. <laughs> so... Nobody was on stage, and I didn't know anybody, really, so I just I just went and I got up on stage, and I took the mic, and I just started doing material to this whole crowd, and there was a bit of befuddlement from the organizers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. They were very confused, and so a girl finally approaches me from the side as I'm talking, and she goes, are you with Ink? <laughs> now, I didn't know who that was, but I assumed it was the improv team and i was like yeah and she's like oh okay no 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 it's okay it's okay he's with ink and so i kept going and then eventually somebody from the actual improv group was like we don't know that guy yeah <laughs> so they came up and they kind of took the microphone and ushered me off stage and then you know they gave me say hey, let's give it up for chad and whatever oh my god that was so actually funny. that was kind of my first actual open mic do you remember if people laugh <laughs> yeah i got i got a couple laughs but you know definitely a rough start uh-huh. Rough start. It, but it's the symptoms that are common among yeah. your ilk, you know? Yeah. Like, what is it that inspires the one kid out of 600 who doesn't really... I don't think you can explain. It's just a genetic... Look at me! Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I got it! Maggie's got yeah. it! You exactly. Know, you yeah. flaunt it. That's, that's, but I, the, love, <laughs> I love the awkward... Who is he? Who is that guy? Is he with... Yeah, I think so. That counts as a first... That yeah, so that mic. was the first time. But then as I began to actually do it, especially in L.A., like my first open mics in L.A. were just horrifically right. bad same, same. just so mm-hmm. bad it's like you're doing and and they don't they don't get better you know because uh-huh. if you keep like i was doing two or three open mics a night and you're doing open mics at these shows where it's just it's you and you're talking to the bartender and then there's like one old wino in there and uh-huh. nobody's laughing and you're getting heckled by the hum of the refrigerator yeah. you hear them open it up and then, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> You know, 
the popcorn machine starts overheating. Oh, you know, God. the black smoke comes out from the... And know. everyone's like, it'll make you stronger. No, I have no soul! <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. I gave up career for this, yeah. you know? Like, good Lord. Good choices. Yeah, that's, I'm still working on debating whether that's true. <laughs> oh, come on I now. think so. Yeah, you're been, here. You're on doing... Y-Tune Shuffle. Something I'm on, worked yeah, out. I'm on Y-Tune Shuffle, <laughs> and I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Yeah. We have fans in Japan, just so you know. Really? I just learned that this week. Mm. Statistics are rolling in, and we've got fans all over the world. Benny haha. So thank you, Toon Squad, for tuning in. Yeah. Hi, um, Japan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I was a police officer out there in yes. Washington, D.C. With a radio, television, and film degree, they hire you as a cop. Naturally. Yeah. Naturally. I mean, you don't even need to be a degree. You don't even need to be a degree, obviously. You don't even need to have a degree to be like the police. You're in the police academy, and you've got some guys in there that have a master's degree and you right. get some guys in there that have a GED mm-hmm. and you're like, holy, what? You're going to be the police? My mom worked in the crime lab at the Syracuse PD for oh, okay. like awesome. years yeah. and I was able to go and hang out with those guys and for a while I wanted to be a cop. I did enlist in the military. I made a good combat engineer. Nice. But police officer. It was crazy. They told me, they said, listen, you know, you got to kind of have it in your blood and i just i didn't i was too wacky <laughs> how did you you have it in your blood you you got in the uniform you got behind the badge yeah it was well you know i never wanted to be a cop actually it was like the furthest thing on my career trajectory i didn't have any desire but i i got a role as a police officer on a show they were shooting out in baltimore so i went on some some ride-alongs you know where you ride around with the cops on their yeah. shift just to see what it was like so i could develop the character a little bit and totally by accident i fell in love with the job i was like wow this is really exciting. This is, I think I want to do this. So changed my major to criminology. And uh, I said, I'm going to be a cop for a couple of years after college. After college, uh, I sought out like the nastiest place to work with the, the most crime. Because I always thought like, if you want to play cops and robbers, why do you want to be the police in some place where there's no crime? Right. So the D.C. area, we were the murder capital of America. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. We lost that title, though, but uh, it was a it was, it was, it was tough blow. And your service. Yes. Yeah, yes. we brought the crime rate down a little briefly. Uh, you know, we lost that title to Detroit to, and then Chicago, but mm-hmm. we're working hard to bring it back. We've been pumping up the shootings and stuff. But, yeah, so two years turned into four years. turned it, like I, It just kept going because every time I got to the point in my career in law enforcement where I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm ready to go to L.A. and pursue my real aspirations. Then I'd either get promoted or reassigned to an area that kept me interested for another year, and I would just keep doing it. So yeah. it was fun. Is it like the military in the sense where you sign up for a certain amount of years or like? No, no, no. It's not it's like, like contracts it's or like something? A, it's just a job. You okay. know, you get hired and then you have a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Generally, like most agencies, it's 25 years or 20 years and right. whatnot. What did your parents think when you were like, I'm going to be a cop, mom? I think they were just happy to get me out of the house. Really? Uh, they saw how excited I was about it. Yeah. And of course, they had some trepidations about, uh, you know, yeah. Chad's going to be a police officer. Um, he's an idiot. How's that going to work? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but they were supportive, which yeah. was great because they saw how passionate I was about it because it's not just the job. It's a identity you know it's your profession you live it you breathe it you Mm -hmm. you just you know you see things that other people don't really get to see Mm -hmm. and the camaraderie that you build with your your squad mates and your co-workers is irreplaceable and outside of probably the military because you know you're relying on each other to go home at night yeah and then you see things that only you guys can really understand and relate to and it's difficult to explain to somebody who's not in the profession or hasn't had that same sort of experience. So you, you develop these really strong bonds with the folks that you work with, which is lifelong and uh, it's great. And that's one of the things I miss about police work is that I, I miss, miss the camaraderie and I miss the excitement and the adrenaline rushes. I haven't found anything that replaces that kind of adrenaline rush. Not even stand up, huh? No, no, that's easy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I because they're not for, shooting at me yet. I, yeah. I, I speak for Maggie and myself. Chad, we got your back. Got you Thank too. you. I could feel that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel that. If it goes down. Interesting, man, though. Really wild. I mean, there's a million questions that'll come up probably yeah. when the music starts to play and we'll probably venture <laughs> in sure, and out of that life. I'm sure there's skills that you learned as an officer that are translating into your entertainment career. Absolutely. Mm. In the sense that now so much in the news we hear, oh, he was an off-duty police officer, where 
you never get to be off duty, right? Like mm-hmm. the guy that was in Anaheim that had a, a riff with that kid and all these uh, neighborhood folk. Oh, some yeah. The neighborhood kids that. that came out. Yeah. I mean, it was this big story. And the whole thing was like, he was an off-duty cop. He should have known better. He was an off-duty cop. And it's kind of the same in entertainment. Like, just because you're off stage doesn't mean that you're still not an entertainer. People expect you to behave in a certain <laughs> way. Course. And there's certain yeah. things unspoken rules that you're supposed to follow. Yeah, oh, you're a comedian. Make me laugh. Tell me a joke. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, just, yeah. And I mean, not just comedians too, but I mean, like actors, we kind of expect, you know, like when Miley Cyrus went through that whole thing, we're like, well, she's an actor. Like she's supposed, she's this public figure. She's supposed to be a certain way. And like public has this expectation of you to be better than the rest of us, I guess, because, oh, you're an entertainer and you make movies. So yeah, we're paying attention to you. So be better. Edit your tweets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. Gosh almighty. Someone tell the president that. Mm. What you said is very true about attributes that kind of translate. And mm-hmm. for me, what it what it has been mostly is the stick to the the not quitting, the not giving up. Yeah. And that kind of was instilled in the, the 31-week police academy where they just beat the hell out of us for yeah. seven months. Is it true that you had to get tased? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. If you're, if, you, if you're taser certified, then mm-hmm. you do get tased. And actually, I'll take getting tased over pepper spray any day because when you get tasered, when it's over, it's over. When you get pepper sprayed, you're dealing with the, the after effects of that for hours, just yeah. waiting for it to go away. Yeah. And I've been tased and pepper sprayed so many times. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. yeah, usually you're usually pepper sprayed inadvertently by another cop who's like trying to spray the bad guy that you're wrestling with. And, oh, th- th- yeah. and you're like, no, don't you. Oh, ah. Idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, the worst yeah. we had in Book and Basic was the CS gas chamber. Yeah. We had to take our gas mask off and oh. get doused with that. But yeah, so, he, were you were you funny on the force? Were you oh, yeah. a funny guy? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, hey. and that was the roots of my stand-up, my serious stand-up comedy. Kind of in there in the, the the police area, the police era for me because I found, especially we patrolled in one-man cars. It's not like in in the the larger cities where you have two officers in the same car. Because or not in most cities, yeah. anywhere. It's like one guy, one person, one woman. And one of the benefits of employment in my agency was everybody got a take-home police car. So, you know, you can drive it off duty all you want. They, you know, they pay for all the gas, all the maintenance. The, they like the visibility yeah. of having the police cars out there. So it's like your little mobile office. So even though there's, they may dispatch two people to the same call you're coming to two different cars so a lot of times you roll up on stuff by yourself and you're waiting for backup and that could be a while or stuff like that and what i found when you're working in when you're working in the ghetto a lot of times the contacts that you have with the citizens there perhaps they've had contacts with the police before Mm -hmm. and many times those contacts probably haven't gone so well for them and so they've got all these preconceived notions of the police and how that contact is going to go. So I found for me that if I could come into that and make a joke, mm-hmm. lighten it up a little bit, get everybody laughing, then we all just get through it. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, mm-hmm. it's cool. We're just going to just get through this. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I mean, comedy everywhere is a gift. And that, that as, in law enforcement, you brought that to law. I'm sure it was wonderful. It was great. Yeah. I mean, you don't do it when they're shooting at you. Hey. <laughs> you miss me, miss guys. me. Now you got to kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, I know. We get it. We're yeah. yeah, we get it. But this is like, this is going to be, we're going to have a five-hour interview today I think if so. we're not careful. <laughs> I am not. Well, so let's glad. do song number one. Oh, here we go. Okay. Rock anthem of some type. I'm, I'm, I'm David, trying to... you, David, you're not going to get it, but yeah. it's not Def Leppard. It is not. It's not. It almost sounds like Nickelback, but they they do get that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I'm stumped on the first one. It's like such an anthemy rock story. The words are intense. So what is this? Who okay, is this, so, and why is it important to you? So this is a a band named Lust. Lost. And the song is called Left Behind. And they were a local L.A. band. Oh, um, wow. they, um, they're very dear friends of mine oh. who I met when I first moved to L.A. What year know, was it? 2007. So I didn't know anybody out here. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I drove out to L.A., 
I was so I had packed all my stuff into my car and I was so worried about somebody breaking into it while I was sleeping in a hotel that I didn't get a hotel. I just slept in my car, drove out here. It took me three days and I didn't know anybody. One of the first groups of people I met was uh, Matt Schaefer and Sammy Smith and uh, Gabe from Lust. And How'd you meet those guys? Met them at a bar. And, just talking uh, casually? Yeah, I made, a, I made a joke. One guy was telling me, you know, he was in a band or whatever, and I said, uh, I said, oh, are, are you the drummer? And he's, <laughs> he, got of, <laughs> he got offended. And he was like, no. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> he's the drummer. Uh, anyway, so they, we just became friends. What bar so, was it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was at the Chimney Sweep on Woodman. Jimmy's right, right off of Ventura. Okay, is that yeah. in the valley. Yeah, in the okay. valley, San Fernando Valley. Uh-huh. It was a dive bar, but any dive bar that had a popcorn machine was good in my book. That's my meter Heck for yeah. measuring dive bars. <laughs> they don't have a popcorn machine. I'm not interested. But uh, so I met these guys there. We just became friends. Uh, they did shows in L.A. and whatnot. They eventually kind of went their separate ways. Sammy moved to Michigan and uh, got, mar- get, got, mar- married. <laughs> got married. Got married. Got married. Get married. Yeah. So I was. I went out. Was in his wedding, and then uh, Matt's in uh, New Mexico. Right now, but we're still very good friends, and we, oh. we stay in touch. In fact, I've put some of their music in my movies. So awesome! Yeah. That's great. One of their songs, uh, "Ignite," is in the movie Massacre on Isle Twelve, which mm-hmm. just came out. So, but they're very near and dear friends to me. So, and I used to play their CD when I would go to auditions out here in LA, uh, just to kind of get pumped, you're up. pumped up. Yeah, yeah. Love pumped that. up for it. So, like every time I listen to their their music, I think about how I'm going to an audition. It just kind of makes me feel like I'm going. To an audition. Why this song in particular? I like the rock anthem style. Yeah. The bottom line. Can you talk about doing some of your auditions, like a particular one that stands out in a good or a bad way? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you a really interesting audition story that I had not too long ago, actually. It was, it's very interesting. Auditions, if you've ever done auditions or or tried to be an actor in LA, you've probably heard of the workshops that you can go and you talk to the casting directors and Mm -hmm. whatnot and stuff. So many times the casting directors say, look, hey, we get it. You don't have to dress up like whatever you're auditioning for. If you're, if you're coming in to play a cop, you don't have to be in a cop uniform. If you're coming in to play a doctor, you don't need to wear a doctor robe. We get it. We can imagine you in that outfit. In fact, it's distracting, so don't. Okay, so I got an audition for the... The, there's a new Bradley Cooper film called The Star is Born, which is coming out. They're yes, remaking it's, yeah, that. Yes, it's with Lady Gaga. Yes. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I got an audition for that. It's uh, as a... Drag queen. Nice. Yes. And of course they say, well, Chad, uh, we're going to need to see you in full drag for this. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, of of course you will. Of course. Of course. Uh Like, what happened to the... We can imagine it. We we don't need to see you dressed up. They're like, no, 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 no. We need to see you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It was a great scene. It was the scene was just three people. It was me. It was Bradley Cooper. And it was Lady Gaga. So I was like, oh, my God. I'll do it. Is, is it a self-tape? And they're like, no, we need you to come in offices in Santa Monica. And I'm like, oh, my God. I Not only do I have to get into That's drag. That's an awkward Uber ride. Right. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> get all this. And I'm like, of course, this will be the day that I'm in a car accident. You know, yeah. and they'll be uh, like, oh, look. I, power yes. of positive thinking, man. <laughs> so I get there and uh, immediately some some Indian dude is hitting on me. Oh, lucky. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I felt good. I felt empowered. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's like, uh, you look good. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> the Adam's apple ripples just yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. It was an interesting audition. I had to sing. How did, uh, how did it go? Terrible. Oh. Terrible. Um, so it, like, because I had to sing a Barbara Streisand song because I was supposed to be Barbara Streisand. Oh, I see. So, they told you to drag Barbara yeah. Streisand. Yeah. Oh, okay. so I had to do that, and then I said, "Well, let me give you something else." Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the tail end of that, because uh, I love karaoke, so I, I gave him one of my karaoke hits, and uh, yeah, so that was an interesting, interesting one. And then, like a week later, I got another audition as a drag queen, and I, I started to get concerned. <laughs> <laughs> that was because I was a like, friend. A, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, what's that show? Drew Paul's Drag Race? No, okay. no. But I started to, to say to myself, Drew okay, Paul. what is it about my headshots? <laughs> the casting directors are going, that guy. Yeah. That guy looks like he's a, he's a cross-dresser, right? <laughs> Get him in here and make sure, he, make sure he wears his drag outfit. I'm like, oh, man. But now I'm prepared. So I'm, if anybody needs me to come in and drag, I've, I've got the outfit. That's amazing. We come set. out with big dreams and Hollywood is going to make the final casting yeah, decision. Yeah, there I That'd am. be flexible from police to drag. What can That's happen? That's fun, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, who knows? You might like it. <laughs> I did. 
it, it, it was a gateway for me. Yeah. <laughs> it really opened the door. And uh, gosh, I mean, it, I have a new respect for getting in and out of Pantyhose. women's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I was already good with the garters. Like, I could do the garters no problem mm-hmm. because we wore that under the, the police uniform. That's where you, you know? kept your little gun kind of well, on a garter, right? Is that an innuendo? No, 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 no. <laughs> Honestly, God, no. Not this is my weapon. This is my gun. No, just like in the military. Like, we would have the shirt stays that would keep your- All right. Yeah. You know, and those would kind of have the same functionality as a garter. Blousing rubbers, we call them. Yeah. Okay. Blou- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blousing rubbers. Song number two. All right. Rock, man. You rock. This is like two in a row here. Rock. Yeah, I love that stuff. Obviously. Oh, yeah. So where does this bring you? Do you remember hearing this for the first time? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think that you guys are hearing it for the first time. Yes. Yeah, this group is called Otherwise, Mm -hmm. and the name of the song is The Darker Side of the Moon. And I met these guys. The first time I met them was uh, I was doing a show on Playboy Radio. And they were, I was the featured comic, and they were uh, the featured band. And uh, they played this live in the studio, and it just blew me away. Yeah. It just blew me away how good these guys were. And they, they tour nationally. They're on a huge tour right now. But we met there, and uh, we became friends. And uh, every time I hear this song, it just takes me back to that, that moment of doing that interview. How did it go? It was great. It was a really good really good show. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've done a, a, couple, a couple of radio shows with, with Playboy Radio. But these guys just rocked it. What did, what, what did they bring in? Because it sounds like there's so many instruments and it's like such a big sound. Yeah. It's, it, the contrast from the live show in the studio was different. They just had this little, like a little drum kit thing, oh, yeah. that, uh, like an acoustic drum kit. I'm not a musician, so I could be getting the, the vernacular completely wrong. And it just blew me away. It, all of us were just, wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Adrian Patrick in there, uh, he's he's their singer and he... we. we really hit it off so when you guys hang out what do you do well i watch <laughs> I yeah watch so play. i was wondering like do you guys play poker together or go golfing or is it just you showing up to their shows and you're like eh, hey I know those guys. <laughs> like, just shows just yeah. shows yeah no, that's great do they ever come to your stand-up shows no <laughs> no as a matter of fact adrian get come out to a stand-up show yeah. buddy what the heck <laughs> well I think they're based out of Vegas, so I'll go to Vegas and we'll uh, we'll, we'll combine it. I'll do a, I'll do a stand up opening act. I'll be like Sam Kennison with Motley Crue, and I'll oh, just do exactly. the stand up opening yeah. act. And uh, I think that would be great. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. Well, it's like when we have these opportunities in entertainment. You know, it is a short lived experience in most cases. It's like, oh, we did that thing together for a day, or we were on that interview show, and you have the ability to say, oh, cool, man, I really like that. Yeah, we should get together. And you actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I'm thinking to myself, how many times have I said, yeah, man, well, g- give me your number. I'll give you a call. So it's right. about follow-up, and you're that kind of a person. Yeah, and, you know, when you meet people you know, that you connect with, it's palpable sometimes. You can just really tell. And mm-hmm. these guys are all about fighting the good fight and just stick to it and keeping mm-hmm. at it, and which is what this whole industry is about. What's the good fight? Good fight is not giving up on your dreams, mm-hmm. despite the immense amount of adversity oh my god (laughs) and being able to face rejection and just keep going through that because this industry is just moving from one failure to the next failure to the next failure until you get that yes until you get that success and not quitting on yourself in face of all that many people just you know they get the one or two rejections and they're like all right i'm leaving Mm -hmm. or they move to la and they give themselves a timeline and they say i'm going to be here a year and if i'm not famous then i'm going to go back to kansas or something like that and you can't give it a timeline because there's no set path. It's not like working in the police department where you know that if you do two years as a patrol officer, then you can apply to be uh, for a promotion and get police officer first class. And then you do two years and then you can test for corporal. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a path way to a certain level in, in those in the real world. But right. in the entertainment world, as you guys know, there's no path. And so you can't give it a timeline. You really have to dedicate your life to it. Yeah. 
Well, just the artistic journey here, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like two songs in a row. These are personal connections to artists that aren't necessarily like top 10 billboard. Everybody knows them. Maggie and I are getting a lesson here on like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And that was your experience first moving out to L.A. with Lust and then on this interview. In high school, like what were your friendships like when you were in high school? Was it similar? Were you in an artistic crowd of people, eclectic? Like, were you a greaser or a jock? What was your... <laughs> high school was tough. The first couple of years, I was just a dork. Really? Like, yeah, seriously, teased set... type dork? Uh, not so much teased. Probably in ninth grade, you know, it was ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th. Ninth grade was probably rough because when I, it was a new high school for me, I didn't know anybody. Uh-huh. So it, we had moved mm-hmm. and so I didn't know anybody. So that was rough. And I I was just a nerd. <laughs> Clothing-wise? <laughs> Clothing-wise. Like, it was just the whole thing. It was terrible. It, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. But by 11th grade, I had come around and I had kind of figured it out and I, I began to, to make a lot more friends. That's really when I got invested in the acting and the okay. performing in the theater, the school plays and stuff like that. I became a thespian. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my, my group of friends at that point was just like all the thespians. So you so, know how that is. Everybody's mm-hmm. quirky that's and weird. That's your tribe. Yeah. Artists. So that's not unusual. Yeah. This has just been part of who you are since high school. It's like these are the people I bond with. And the police. And the police, yeah. It's, that is such a, there's such a dichotomy there, you know, because there's not a lot. I mean, I remember going to see my mom at the crime lab, and there wasn't a lot of, like, spontaneous improvisation. Jokes. <laughs> How do you like my badge? That's perfect. I like, you know. What I, it's so interesting, the two ends of your experience. There was a lot of humor in the police department, though. I guess, I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Very much yeah. so, especially yeah. when you're working on a, with a good squad of guys and girls. And then a lot of times you need that humor to get through some of the stuff you see. Because working in the environment where we worked, it wasn't a quiet place. Like, you were literally going, in the busy summer nights, you were going from shooting to robbery to carjacking to shooting all night. And I had to have that, that you you would You needed valve. that release. Yeah. That, and, it, you know, the humor, sometimes gallows humor, but... Uh, well, that, yeah, that makes sense. You were the guy. Yeah. You, you were the Hawkeye Pierce. You were the Reno 911. You, you yeah. Know. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. And you need that because when you see just the mess of stuff that humanity does to each other, it can really it can really have a negative effect on you. So, you know, you build up walls so that that stuff doesn't get to you. And then you have the humor with mm-hmm. your squad mates, which kind of helps you. How do you deal with it now? Is there anything to deal with? Like, do you get any PTSD? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Because there's a lot of trauma that we all went through. For me, the performing is an outlet, so that's been mm-hmm. that's been good. That's your therapy. Yeah, that's therapy. that's therapy. That that and listening to five songs that I have to put together for your homework <laughs> assignment to come and watch that <laughs> shuffle. <laughs> What's your next group of friends we're going to hear? I know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. It's a surprise to me. This is my best friend's favorite singer. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I know him. You have any guesses? Elton John. No, I'm kidding. I don't know who it is. <laughs> Maggie? Josh Groban. Oh. An opera singer. Mm-hmm. I don't... I'm, I'm, this is a lesson day for me. This is school. <laughs> this is music uh, theory 101 for me. I mean, I love that, the whole melody and that type of music. You know, it's one of my guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. yeah. This yeah. one's Try to Remember. It's from the, the Fantastics. Oh. Okay, yeah. I saw this play in New York at the Jerry Orbach Theater, and this song really stuck out to me because mm-hmm. it's, you know, about waxing nostalgic, about mm-hmm. life, and about just growing older, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like it very much because it reminds me of being in that theater and watching that play. Nice. And there's Jerry Orbach actually sings this song also. Um, th- he does a rendition of it, which is great. And, of course, you know, for those who don't know, the Law & Order story with him, Mm -hmm. 
very successful actor, but I found that that play, watching that, was really inspiring. And that was just before I moved out to L.A. Who'd you go with? I went to a, a girl I was dating at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. How long were you guys together? I don't think that was very long. Mm-hmm. I think that was... Uh, Did you break up r- because of... Three or four months there. Okay. The play was more memorable. The play was more memorable. Yeah. But no, I, I broke up because I was moving to L.A. Yeah. And That's she so wasn't... Weird. She's like, well, what about us? And I said, well, you can come visit. Yeah. There's a lot of traffic out there. Yeah, a lot of traffic, but good luck. We'll see you. (laughs) Oh, boy. But that was your springboard. That's a milestone in your artistic journey, more or less, you know? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And I've always had tremendous respect for theater actors. I'm not a professional theater actor, but I love watching it. I mean, I did George Gibbs' Our Town in, you know, in high school. But you were after, the narrator after that. No, I was George Gibbs. Oh, you were George. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. And after that, where can you go with theater? You know, that's it. Uh-huh. You do you do our town. You're done. So if you get it out of the way early, you're finished. You peaked in high school. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. In theater. In many, in many ways. No. <laughs> so did you live in New York? No, never lived in New York. You just went... I would go up there for auditions. Okay. Take the bus. Four-hour bus ride. No, oh, hell. you're in the suburbs of D.C. You're working for the police department and auditioning and, and like on your off time. Like, mm-hmm. what did you do? Did you have an agent? How did that all come together yeah, for you? Yeah, I had an agent in D.C., an agent in Baltimore, an agent in Philly. How'd that happen? Like, what were you like? Uh, I need the day off, chief. I'm going to do uh, our town. <laughs> community box. You know. Yeah, you know, it was very easy to to get time off, really. Okay. I mean, because you accumulate so much time, mm-hmm. and that's easy to do. And you dedicated your free time to your acting and your performing. I did. Okay. I did. Can we talk a little bit about what you did as a personal security person for Michael Jackson? Sure. Yeah, because you, you didn't walk into I know. A, a, an acting job. No. You walked into a personal security job. From the Yeah. What I found is that in Los Angeles, all the celebrities have their own security details. Mm-hmm. The recognizable ones do. And some of them have very large security details. And some of them have small details. Some of them don't have any. Michael Jackson had a, a pretty large one. But I remember um, getting on that detail and they were telling me about it because they hire active and retired police. They want Mm -hmm. people with some semblance of training. And so many times the guys on these details are either off-duty cops or they're retired cops. But that's generally what it is. And they said, uh, yeah, so Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson detail needs some a couple people. And it didn't register with me at first because why would it? It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be Michael Jackson, right? Like the Michael. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, What? So I went in, and sure enough, yeah, that was it. And he was great to work for. It was uh, the paparazzi were hell yeah, uh-huh. to deal with with I'm him because sure. there were just so so many. But he was great, and his kids were great. This was back when he was making the kids wear masks when we would go out in public because mm-hmm. he didn't want them photographed, and nobody and nobody at the time had photographed uh, blanket yet. Uh-huh. So, but he was great to work for, and he wouldn't say like, "Hey, Chad, could you take the kids to whatever?" He would always say, uh, "Chad, Chad, you, you." <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly what would oh happen. And you would go over there, and he would say, oh, "Yeah, could you take uh, drive this person? Whatever, you know." Sure, absolutely. Fun. Yeah. You got, I mean, what an iconic, wonderful artist. He makes friends with everybody. I you know. know. Did I you mean, ever have like? Did you ever have like real conversations with him, or was it mostly briefly? Just, yeah, briefly with him, not so much. Um, with the kids, I'm sure. The kids, yeah, because he would he would take you out and he would make you exercise. The kids make sure they ran around and got their exercise in. Well, how's a day at the office begin when you're yeah. on a detail? Do you show up at like the briefing room? Okay, guys, be careful out there. <laughs> you know, like the police or like is it? Well, a, they're, they're all run differently, so it depends on the detail. But that detail, when I was working. For him, um, he was he was living in the at the Hotel Bel Air, and it was interesting because there was a, he had like a whole house there, mm-hmm. and then on, there was like a little courtyard in the other house across the street. Like Brad Pitt and Angelina were there, so like his detail wow. would be there, and our detail would be there, and we would just kind of oh, what's going on, you know. Mm-hmm. But the paparazzi were they friends, Michael and and the no, they didn't really. Angelina? Michael didn't really interact with a lot of people. MJ sure. would kind of stick to himself, yeah, um, a lot. But the security guys, right? we'd all chit-chat and yeah. whatnot. But, uh, that sounds like a sitcom in and of itself. I was going like to say, that's your here. opus right there. Yeah. Yeah. There I mean, you go. <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing to just, yeah, I think it'd be a great show. What do I know? Yeah, that would be a good show. <laughs> but we would just talk about what the plan was for the day. And, of course, it would always change. Uh, MJ would always like to say, okay, we're going to go do this. And then we'd set it up and then they wouldn't. And MJ would always like to wear a disguise when he went out. Yeah. And you're like, not the wheelchair. 
Uh-huh. This guy's bit. Everybody's onto that. And he 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 just wanted to do that. Wanted. I think he just liked being pushed around in the wheelchair. I, who doesn't? Personally. George Casanza when he got that automatic <laughs> wheelchair from Seinfeld, he didn't need. Yeah. So with uh, guard details, mm-hmm. security details, it's a number of celebrities you've had an opportunity to work yes. with. What's the most sort of pedestrian? Did you ever go to Target? Like, oh, did they of do course. stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. <laughs> You'd be doing everything that uh, that you would normally do. So it's not always like uh, we have a special showing for today's line of clothing for the celebrity. They actually go and do the stuff we do. Some do, yeah. It it I always should. surprises me seeing our closed hearing. Like, we'll do it. <laughs> going out doing normal things. Like I was at the Lyric Hyperion Theater mm-hmm. a couple, like maybe last month. Oh, for our show. Yeah, yeah. And Kristen Chenoweth was there. Yeah, hello. Yeah. yeah, and she was just hanging out with her friends, doing her. And I was like, oh, you're famous and just doing normal things and a show, probably for her kid or her friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah. Normal. Nice. Yeah. Some, you know, they're all different. Some of them are, some of them are very social. Some of them are very, don't, don't look at me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you get all kinds. Wow. You get all kinds. What was his favorite breakfast? I don't know. Michael Jackson. I don't, I don't know. How, yeah. Was it an eight hour shift? 12 hour shift? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I just, well, let me I, give you the breakdown. Okay, so, I, I mean, it's just like I'm, I'm fascinated with that. Well, it's I mean, not like you worked every day either. Not like seven days. Yeah, it wasn't. Some, some details you work where you work every day. Yeah. Like if you're traveling with a client, you'll be oh, well. Wow. Yeah, you'll be working with them every day. But David, answer your question. Uh, you generally get there around six in the morning, and then uh, you know you can get some coffee. Yeah, <laughs> they're generally twelve hour shifts. Usually, Do you drink their coffee. That's how I measure detail, if they feed you or not. Uh-huh. If they feed you, then I'm happy. Yeah. If they don't feed you, I'm not that enthused. You know, along the same lines, I was a sober companion to a number of celebrities. Oh, okay. That were recovering from various addictions. Wow. And I would literally move into their home for 72 hours. Stop it. Really? Yeah, like guest house, guest cottage. Right. And we would do, and of course, I'm not going to say any names, but they were very recognizable, not, you know, mm-hmm. celebrities. Well, there's two that came out on Oprah that I was, you know, part of David Arquette, who I, mm-hmm. uh, and I happen to have been in a film with David here. I'm name dropping now. Mm-hmm. I was in a film with David a, a number of years ago, and I was his sober companion. He thought that I was in the same treatment, probably like, oh, you too. I'm like, no, I'm your guy. <laughs> so I went from like co-starring in a film to being his, his sober companion. But yeah, it was like, you know, he talked about that on Oprah. It was very open. Yeah. I'm not giving up any details that aren't public with him. But yeah, there was a number of, I guess it's kind of the same thing, you know. It was like I was protecting so them from alcohol and other drugs, and you were protecting them from thugs. And, and bullets. And paparazzi. Yeah. And so lead, lead, yeah, lead like, poisoning and yeah, paparazzi. I guess yeah. that's where probably where my fascination is coming Because I sat down and had peanut butter sandwiches made by, wow, you're a huge celebrity making me a peanut butter sandwich. That yeah. is so Could you cut the crust off? Just, if you wouldn't mind. Diagonal <laughs> I'm only skim milk. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Song number four. God, four. Boom. That, then this is an incredible pick. Just all in black Went down to the station And he never came back They found his clothes In the New York Minute, Don Henley Okay, there's a story behind this song A damn good story Whenever I get introspective about life And about how, literally, you never know what's going to happen from one day, from one moment to the next. I mean, everything could, there could be a tragedy. Something could happen. We could all die. Car accident. Anything. And it just reminds me that never take for granted what you have and never take for granted the time that you have here because it could end at any moment. And that just pushes me to keep trying, to keep going. When I feel like I'm having a bad day, I remember you never know how many days that you have. So make the most of it. Stop feeling bad for yourself and get out there and keep working and keep chasing that that dream because you don't know how much time you have and don henley's in a new york minute yeah that 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 triggers the introspective moment and you have that on your shuffle and your library collection kind of thing it's not on my shuffle because i don't like to be surprised by it because it'll (laughs) 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 oops i got an audition here because it'll make me cry Uh uh good but it's uh Whenever I'm feeling, you know, when I'm thinking about friends that have 
lost, you know, mm-hmm. especially in police work, you lose mm-hmm. friends. But it just uh, just reminds me that you really have to capitalize on the time that we do have here. Are there a few friends that come to mind that when you hear this, you think of them? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, there's four guys in my police academy that are no longer with us that have passed along the way. Let's and, celebrate them. Who are they? Uh, well, there's Dustin Black. Dustin Black uh, was one of my best friends. Uh, Terrence Thomas, Rob Veltry, Chase Snoots. Four. Wow. wow, my gosh. You know, and you tend to forget with your your magical life, man. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, to have an experience where you're a public servant and the most you know, arguably dangerous environment. And you're an entertainer who went through groundlings and, you know, sells shows to Fox and, and this whole, the life you've lived. So many people can sometimes forget that just because a person has an artistic gene and is experiencing, you know, some success and accomplishment, you know, there's an, there's another side to all of us, you know, that deeper side. Sure. And just, you know, all artists, can relate that moving to LA to chase your dream if you're not from here is a big sacrifice. It's a, it mm-hmm. was a different country to me when I first came to. It was really my first foreign country, Los Angeles. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I'm from upstate New York and I've been to New York City, but still, this is and it can be very isolating. Despite the fact that it's the second largest city in America, it can be very isolating mm-hmm. if you don't know people, which I didn't, and you question yourselves a lot. Every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the heck am I doing? Mm-hmm. When I first got out here, I was living in Culver City. I was uh-huh. right in a room in a place right next to Culver Studios on Ince Street, which I can still, <laughs> I know can, still can't even pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I lived there for a month until I found a, like a permanent place. This was mm-hmm. in somebody's house or yeah, something? Yeah, somebody's like house. They were renting a room. It was terrible. I know. It was it so always, bad. It can be rough. Because they'd, they'd get up and they'd start exercise, doing their workouts uh-huh. with the music blasting and clapping and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my And I'm God. guessing in D.C. you had your own path. Yeah, yeah. yeah I gave you, up everything coming out here. You gave up everything yeah. to come out here. So rented a room in Culver City, then where? Then I moved to Studio City. And oh, wow. I, I love Studio City. I love that area. I noticed as I was looking for places that not, nobody had a refrigerator. Right? Nobody had a refrigerator, and I would I would go in, and I was I saw the spot where the refrigerator would go, and I said, "Coffin or a refrigerator? Is this? Are you guys putting a fridge here?" And they're like, "No, no, no. That's a spot where you could put a refrigerator if you wanted to." And if I wanted to, like, what am I going to just hang meat in that spot? And they're like, well, no, if you have one that that you would put there, if I have one, like, oh, I'll put the red one here. No, I don't have, you guys don't have refrigerators? And they're like, no, we don't have refrigerators so, here. And, and then there's that, ta- like, how do you get all those stairs? Where, yeah. do, you, where do you find, do you it's buy such a new pain. use? Like, what do you do? So I got a refrigerator and then you got to lug it up. <laughs> I, I had to get the UPS man to help me. You know, he felt bad because <laughs> I'm trying to single-handedly drag this thing up the stairs to my apartment. And He's like, uh, let me give you a hand. And I think the only reason he did it is because I was completely blocking the staircase. He couldn't yeah. get up otherwise. And yeah. he's like, all right, I'll help this guy. Let me give you a hand here. So he had Pow. one of these um, massive, what do you call those things? Dolly? Hand carts, dolly. Yeah. Yeah. And the one that I had in the back of the U-Haul was just like, had these t- just these little plastic wheels with no cushioning. So every stair, it felt like I was having a seismic tremor in my hand. Oh, it was man. terrible. Stu- what do you love about Studio City? I like that it's uh, it's... Close to well, there's a lot of auditions up there, right. so I like that. And it's it's close to the highways, but it's not under a highway, and it's got a little bit of suburbia to it, so you can find parking. Yeah, yeah. When you go to the grocery store or stuff like that, we're all East Coasters. I mean, do you ever get like a, a mid December or November smell of yes. fresh fresh yes. cut grass? I, yeah, I love. I, I'm like, oh yes, we have this all the time. You know those those scents and those smells that were so unique and rare. The scents that get me is like in the fall, like you'll smell somebody's chimney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'll smell that. It's well, it's either somebody's chimney or it's just a fire. It's yeah. such a weird place, LA, because like you're, you know, it's, it, it is sort of early winter, and you could go swimming, you mm-hmm. know, if you wanted to, and it's kind of hot. You're wearing shorts, but then you drive through Westwood, and there's these oak trees, and the leaves have all turned, but it's only like two blocks, and then you're out into. It's weird, man. It it's very weird. weird. <laughs> it's a weird it place. A it's country. such a weird place. I'm not leaving. I'm staying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staying too because we still have another song. Okay. Oh. Mm. 
I can I can hear this in the squad car for some reason. <laughs> what? I mean, bust busting out. You know the song? Yeah. Okay. Finally. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I knew a couple of them, but it's been an education day. Go ahead. Nice, nice. Well, hello, Cool J. Hell yeah. Mama said, knock, knock you, you out. out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is uh, this is my motivation song. This is my this is my we're gonna do this. This is my we're gonna. We're gonna defeat Los Angeles song. Yeah. This is my, this is my takedown song. This is gonna. This is my anthem for. This would be like your entrance music. Yeah, for yeah. my for my for my shows for stuff. Yeah, good. This this song it's a great song. So many people in Los Angeles just don't want other people to succeed. So many people in Los Angeles. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Can you believe that there's jealousy and animosity ego. and bitterness? And ego? Can you yeah. believe that? There's so many people out here that don't want people to succeed. And this is my song for that. This is my, I'm succeeding in spite of you. I'm succeeding in spite of the fact that you don't want me to succeed. I'm succeeding in spite of the fact that the elements are conspiring to make it difficult to mm-hmm. succeed. This is, I'm making a movie regardless. I'm making another movie Regardless, I, this is my I'm I'm making it regardless of whether you like it or want it or not. I'm making my own reality. And this song just is a reminder of that. So in, in your endeavors, revenge. Yeah. 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 And it, that's what it takes. I mean, you think of the the armies, the ancient armies and even common. I mean, the music. They played this song. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Roman Empire. <laughs> the little known fact. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Caesar knew it, you know. Yeah, um, this is a remake. Yeah, I think yeah. it was little Caesar that yeah. did this. But uh, anyway, um, no, I mean, I it, it, that that's what it takes. Mine is, mine is Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always my go-to. If I'm going to a set, you know, or I got to go to a, a particular job that I might be doing, yeah, this is this is our marching marching orders right here. You That's know, right. I'm gonna, what's been the biggest sort of milestone that you've made? Like this film that you made, obviously. That that what's going on now? What 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 would you use this music for right now today? Like what's happening in the moment? This would be this would be getting through the next one. Mm-hmm. I've got two features that I wrote and produced and starred in under the under my belt. Both are ones released already. Massacre on Isle Twelve mm-hmm. released in January and. 6.66 p.m. is going to release this <laughs> this fall. <laughs> They're both both horror comedies, so as a comedian, you want to do the, the comedy. The next one, uh, I'm doing a documentary about uh, the stand-up comedy scene in Los Angeles. Whoa. Oh, nice. So it's called Hollywood Comedian, and we shot some of that at some of the local, local venues, and it is about the hustle. It is about the grind of the L.A. comedy scene. It's about the bar shows. It's about the open mics. It's about the all the non-glamorous parts. Are there glamorous parts of comedy? I don't know. It's about all the non-glamorous stuff. And it's going to be interviews with local comics, up-and-coming comics, and uh, just culminating in some shows. That's cool. That's who, really great. Who, who have you interviewed like, so far for it? Uh, just local comedians, no no celebrities. Oh, really? So, so this is like ground-level stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it'd be nice, of course, we get some names in it. But right now, I'm just building it up. Building the foundation, getting the uh, the local comics, the ones that are, that are breaking their backs mm-hmm. to to build the comedy scene out here, the shows. Mm-hmm. It's a tough, tough grind, and people don't see that, but they will when mm-hmm. they see this. Mm-hmm. I like that stuff where you pull back the curtain and you really get to look at mm-hmm. how grimy. It and there's can such be. there's yeah. there's a huge demand for stand up comedy content right now, mm-hmm. and there's, I mean, there's a lot of these types of documentaries that have been done but there's a demand for that and this one is going to be different in that it shows you the bar scene shows the Mm -hmm. the dive bar shows the the small shows what kind of access are you getting are the clubs letting you kind of get behind the bar and stuff well i'm not serving drinks (laughs) (laughs) how deep people are pretty receptive the the club owners and stuff oh very much so cool yeah they you know everybody likes to get their name out there a little publicity for their venue Mm. that's great so that's that's next and uh, looking for my next feature. One thing at a time. One, One thing, thing at, at a time. time. Yeah. That's right. That's that. One foot in front of the other, man. Chad, these have been a great fave five. Thank you so much for sharing My pleasure. This. I told you to put some work into this. Yeah, you, you did, did. And then you delivered. Education. That's super great. We are looking for our listener stories. We like to share our listeners' stories. The Tune Squad, we want to star listener of the week and share just a quick song and a story you know, and from it, one of our Tune Squad members. So if you want to share yours before we get into today's listener, uh, please email us at ytunesshuffle at gmail.com. Yes, please. Ytunesshuffle at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send us your, your just story. Just send us your story. And your please, yeah. Brought to you by Your Name Here.
we'll tell the story on, on the show mm-hmm. and play the song. Yes. Cool. That wraps up all the, the business stuff. And now... It's time for weather and sports. I love this part of the show. I get so excited because we play this game called Bander Bar. And for whatever reason, I just, it like switches my brain function into playing this ridiculous game. It's where, so ridiculous. Uh, David will give us a name, and it's either a band name or a bar name. That's right. Band name or bar name. The okay. So, do, Maggie, you don't know? I have no idea. Okay, cool. This is all me. We play together. Nice. Mm-hmm. The guest from last week picked. A city anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. and David took the week to research band names and bar names from that particular city. So we'll play. Points don't matter, although I like to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the previous guest picks the city for the next guest? Yes. You'll be so picking a city. Oh. So we'll play, and you'll pick a city. <laughs> yeah. And we've gone everywhere from, you know, Texas to uh, Iceland, Iceland to yeah. St. Croix to okay, yeah. Yeah. nice Africa. Do we know the city? Johannesburg. Yes, we do. Yeah, so uh, today, uh, today's uh, Y Tune Shuffle uh, featured city for band name or bar name. The game show is Lubbock, Texas. Okay, yeah, home of uh, <laughs> world famous recording artist Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Which I hope we don't have crickets for this episode and round of band name or bar name. I found, so, I've found that Texas bar names tend to be. Pretty outstanding. Yeah. Well, there was there was quite a selection, frankly. Are you and fr- do you go to Texas? Often? No, but I, I went to Austin a couple times, uh-huh. and uh, that the, is a representative city of the whole state, isn't it? Representative totally. of the entire state, uh, <laughs> if, if not the United States. Yeah. That's like you know, mm. you go to L.A. That's representative of entire state of California. Yes. And 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 wondering, you know, if you're there and you're walking around, and in this case, it is Lubbock, Texas. All right. And uh, (laughs) you have an opportunity or you happen upon the silver bullet. (laughs) Would you be on your way to a bar or would you be on your way to hear some really great music? There's a place in Champaign, Illinois called the Silver Bullet, and it is a strip club, my friend. The a wow, strip club. it makes perfect sense. Yeah, the yeah. Silver Bullet. Yeah, it, it's definitely. I mean, I think of a certain beer when I hear well, that. Well, that too. So <laughs> I would, I, I would be leaning towards that's a bar. That's a bar. Both of you are going to go with the Silver Bullet is a bar, yes. not Final a cover answer. band. Yes, not, stop not it! Not oh, stop. No. It's not. It actually the Silver Bullet is a bar. Yes, located at fifty one forty five Aberdeen Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> One of the uh, what reviews, are their drink specials? Uh, well, I didn't look at all the drink specials, but uh, this is the review that I chose to to add to the Silver Bullet here in Lubbock, and that is uh, my favorite hole in the wall bar. I Great people it. watching and cheap drinks. Do they have a popcorn yes. machine? Didn't look that deeply. Lie to me. <laughs> but let's, you know, if you're interested, check out the Silver Bullet online. If you're in Lubbock, stop by. A it's a cool place. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to go out tonight. Are you into Blue Light? Are you into Blue Light? Is uh, that their a music is so good. <laughs> so great. Like, yeah. Just gets me on a... my feet every every weekend. Blue light is, it sounds like something we used in the police department to detect bodily fluids. Oh, I know. Uh, I've seen that on cops in yeah. First 48. Yes. You got to use one of those. It never worked. You <laughs> Our really? equipment was pretty dilapidated. Mm-hmm. Like we, it's bad. It could be a blue light special, like well, the Kmart. Well, I was flummoxed. I saw it and I, I kind of focused in. I said, oh, okay, that is a. That could go either way. It could. That could go either way. That's the idea. Blue light. Blue but it sounds like it sounds like I mean that's a damn good bar name. It is a good bar name. Well, it is a bar located yes. at eighteen oh six Buddy Holly Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. Nice. Happens to be the best place to hear live music in the state, according to one review. Two, cool. two for two. Do they have a popcorn machine? Uh, you know, I I'm gonna add that to my research okay. list, Chad. Yes. In your honor, <laughs> do they or do they? Not? That's another game we're gonna in, have here: popcorn machine or no popcorn machine at the Blue Light. Why doesn't Yelp ask that question when you when you check in or leave a review? You know, they always it, ask about the parking. You don't Yelp, do you? Oh, I, oh yeah, I am. But popcorn, I'm the duke of I'm the duke of many places on Yelp. <laughs> Pop, popcorn is so cheap and so good at a bar. I worked at the yeah. Haunt, 114 West Green Street in Ithaca, New York. It was a live music bar. dance club. It was oh. a bar, yeah. It was a bar, and uh, we had a classic like cinema style popcorn machine. And to this day, I own my own like popcorn machine. Really? I do oil popcorn. Oh, yeah. your stock just went way up, Dave. Damn near every <laughs> I'm night coming to your week. place. Hey, what's up with Sugar Witch? What's up with Sugar Witch in Lubbock, Texas?
You want to go hear him play some music, or do you want to get a drink over at Sugar Witch? Sounds like a sandwich joint. I... <laughs> witch, witch, you're witch. <laughs> or an ice cream sandwich. Sugar Witch. Sugar Witch. That's a band. Yeah. It is certainly band. is a band. Yeah. And they, uh, if you imagine the Reverend Horton Heat, but with a <gasps> charismatic oh female lead singer, that's Sugar Witch. Yeah, that is a, that is a band. What was their original name? Uh, their original name was uh, Lactose Free. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. You guys up for Slope Slide? We're going to Lubbock this weekend. You up for Slope Slide? Slope Slide? Slope Slide. Sounds like a, a wet... What in Wild Park? <laughs> slope slide. Yeah. Slope slide. Slope slide. It could gosh. be a great band or it could be one of those special places slope you go, like a unique kind of. That would be like uh, the lamest thing to say on stage. We are slope slide. We're slope slide. That's why I think it's a band. You think it's a band? <laughs> I think a, I'm going to go think, bar on I think, this one. I think, a, I think a group of people would think that that was an ingenious band name. Well, <laughs> if, you're, if, if you could imagine Fleetwood Mac meets yeah! Ed Sheeran at a Pink Floyd concert, <laughs> oh, then you can imagine Slope Slide. Nicely that's, done, that's sir. That's how they're built. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm having 39 thoughts. I'm having 39 thoughts. I'm in Lubbock, Texas. In a row? Uh, no, not in a row. They're just random, <laughs> different directions. Am I thinking about a band in Lubbock, Texas, or am I thinking about a bar? That's, a, that's a bar. Thoughts. That's a bar. Ugh, that'd be the worst. 39 a- thoughts. Well, it was originally probably called 39 Shots. It's, and then- it's a show bar, possibly, because it's like, you know, like... Like spoken a word theater. on yeah, it could be maybe. So it's both a band and a bar. I don't know. It could be. I could definitely see it being a band, but uh, I don't know. I'm, That's a tricky I th- one. I think it's a trick question. I'm going to go so with. Too. I'm going to go with bar. You're going to go with bar, Chad. Yeah. I'll go with band. Well, it's a Christian rock band. Uh, wow, yeah, it's a five piece. Yeah. Uh, they're able to connect with all ages uh, with Christian light wa- uh, rock. Worship anthems. Mm. Uh, do a and, mean uh, cover of Jars of Clay. They do. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and with 39 thoughts, the thought they want to leave you with on their, on their Google search is the ministry comes first. The music is, uh, just serves as, as, a, as a tool. Amen. The ministry. Amen. Amen. I got one wrong. Well, we still got a, we got a few to go. Yeah. I choose. No, I choose. I qu- I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> well, be- before you go home, you I'm know, quitting. You want a gaslight? You guys, you guys up for gaslight? That's got to be a bar. That's a bar. Band or bar gaslight? Was that too easy? Because it's a fifty-two, twelve, fifty-seventh Street, number one hundred. It's a contemporary waterfront haunt serving cocktails and bar eats, plus an outdoor patio. No popcorn machine. I can imagine they might. It's got. I don't know about the popcorn machine, Chad, but good service and drinks. But the crowd. Look, I don't. I don't care about the service. The Dress drinks are going to be the same. I, I need a damn popcorn machine. I've learned. Do you have I've, a popcorn machine. In your I don't. Home? That's why I go to these dive bars. That's you got to go to Bed Bath and Beyond to get the oil. Oh, popper. oh my God! It'd be nine thousand dollars. No, at it's Bed, not. Bath and Beyond. No, Even with that coupon that they mail you every other week it is pretty high priced i will give you that but i'm telling you if i've had i've had my oil popper for three years <laughs> and i use it damn near every here's year. a secret this is like my first date trick mm-hmm. not first date but like a date trick I'll, mm-hmm. and this is i'll just show you how to make amazing popcorn on the stove okay i swear to god people are always like maggie make the best popcorn really people Mag- say that yeah no i do i make amazing on this like that's dinner for me most nights i'm not even kidding like i, I just bought two dollars the white ca- the white kernel corns uh-huh. and then just some olive oil just enough to cover the bottom of the the pot and then you just go and once you hear it stop popping you take it off and pink himalayan salt is what i use pink himalayan salt just a why? little bit i don't know it's just better why am i just learning this about you now oh my god i make the best popcorn popcorn party yeah wow we should, we no should. i will i'll make some for you please do yeah it's the best i made it for my mom one time and she's like it's okay. Interesting. She goes, but now I have to clean the pot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's amazing, Mom. Well, it's thanks fun. to the Silver Bullet, Gaslight, and Blue Light uh, uh, bars in, uh, in uh, Lubbock, Texas, and uh, to the bands, 39 Thoughts, Slope Slide, and Sugar Witch. And thank you, Chad, very much for playing Bar Name or Band Name. Now Excellent your job, order. where are we going next week? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. I'd like it to be someplace so that I've had some experience with. Makes it easier on me. Let's do College Park, Maryland. College Park, Maryland. Yes, uh, that's the that's where University of Maryland is. College Park, Maryland, where you went to school. Yes. Okay, yes. so you'll oh, be listening man. next week. See. Yes. Thank you very much. Go Terps. <laughs> is that right? Yes, Maryland Terrapins. Our mascot was uh, a turtle.
<laughs> Nothing says success. <laughs> Not like the speed of a turtle. I mean, he did win in the tortoise and the hare, but... We did, yeah. We also won the 2001 Men's NCAA Basketball Championship. <laughs> that one time. That one time, but 17 years ago. Right. Mm. Well, now that you have taken us through your Fave 5 journey in 2017... What's your guilty pleasure? What are you listening to? And then if your friends knew about it, they'd be like, really, Chad? <laughs> oh. Like, for example, I am a believer. I oh said this God. out loud to a friend last night. I said, Justin Bieber has this amazing song. And he said, stop right there. <laughs> Justin Bieber. I'm sorry. Wow. You had, the pop- you had me with the popcorn machine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've been listening to this a lot. What is a it? lot. It's uh, Claire de Lune from Sweet Bergamesque. It's uh, it's like a piano uh-huh. opera, but it, it's an orchestra that does it, and I just put it on and play it over and over again. It's like a five-minute track, and it's uh, very... Is it your meditation music? Kind of. Something? It's just kind of like my life yeah. music when I'm at home. It helps me... You know, it's very cinematic. It's it's almost like a score, mm-hmm. so it, like, I listen to that. Yeah. Not the kind of thing you'd put on at a party. Hey, check this out, guys. Yeah, no. Karaoke. I would not be putting that on pleasure. at a party. I just put it on and, and kind of chill out. Chad, tell us, what was the very first concert you ever went to in your life, and what's the story behind that? I, I was just talking about that the other day. It was Michael Jackson. That was your first Whoa, concert? that's incredible yeah. connection. Wow. Yeah, Michael Jackson. My, my dad is Before you worked for him? Be, oh, yes. Okay. Yes. That's okay. wild, isn't it? Yeah. Like, who would have thunk? I was just talking about that. My dad's in town from Florida visiting for the weekend, and we were talking about music and concerts that we went to and Michael I went with my dad and my mom to Michael Jackson and I was saying how who would have thought going to that concert then as a kid that I'd be working for him yeah later yeah. and that you know just being around so yeah that was Full that was my very moment. first concert that's Michael Jackson cool. with with your fam so yeah. that's, that's cool and that, that must have been what tour was that I was can't it? remember but it was a great show uh, of course I mean the the work that went into yeah, those we shows. saw it at the at the Cap Center in Washington DC anything that sticks out about that show I was just blown away with the was it just the, the three of you the dancing. your mom dad yeah. and you okay. yeah I'm an only child okay. so it was just the oh, three of us okay. and I remember he had those special shoes well, we didn't know they were special shoes at the time but he could lean forward it almost like a 45 degree angle <gasps> that's right yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. People, they were calling them like the anti-gravity shoes yeah, or something awesome. like that and so he would he would do that and then i finally figured out the secret to yeah. that they had these special shoes with like these horseshoe iron things in the bottom and these two <laughs> pegs would pop up on the stage at just the right time and he would lock his shoes on top of those so that he could lean so far forward wicked yeah, yeah. That's but I was so just cool. blown away by that. The theater. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was bad. I think that was the tour. Chad, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. Before we let you go, you're very connected to your fans. How do we find you on the internet? What's your corner of the internet? You can find me on Twitter at ChadRidgely.com or Instagram or Facebook or... All at Chad Ridgely? Yes. Okay. Or, or R-I-D-G-E-L-Y? Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, David. Yes. Or, or my Funny or Die channel or YouTube. All of that. Mm-hmm. Or com. But yeah, find me. Find me. Talk to me. Watch my movies. Watch my See movies. my friend. Watch my puppet show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the show goes on. What a show. What a show. Good meeting you, Chad. It's great meeting you guys. Thank you so much, Maggie. Thanks Thank you, music. David, for having me on.